This is day 238 of our daily Bible reading. We'll be reading the book of Revelation, chapters 5 through 9. Lord Heavenly Father, please be with us today. You are so merciful, you're so gracious, and we are not. You are so holy and blameless, and we are not. You are so loving and kind, and by nature we are not. But Lord, we thank you for imparting your nature upon us, giving us your grace and the compassion that we don't deserve. May we extend that to those who need to hear your gospel today. May it impact our lives in such a way that we would not backslide, that we would not waver, that we would not be afraid of anything. Lord, be our strength and our shield today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back, sealed up with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the book or to look into it. Then I began to weep greatly, because no one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb, standing as if slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. When he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the book, and to break its seals, for you were slain, and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom of priests to our God and they will reign upon the earth. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and the living creatures, and the elders. And the number of them was myriads of myriads, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain, to receive power, and riches, and wisdom, and might, and honor, and glory, and blessing. And every created thing which is in the heaven, and on the earth, and under the earth, and on the sea, and all things in them, I heard saying, To him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb, be blessing, and honor, and glory, and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. 
and the elders fell down and worshipped. Then I saw when the Lamb broke one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying, as with a loud voice of thunder, Come. I looked, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him. And he went out, conquering and to conquer. When he broke the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come. And another, a red horse, went out, and to him who sat on it, it was granted to take peace from the earth, and that men would slay one another, and a great sword was given to him. When he broke the third seal, I heard the third living creature saying, Come. I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard something like a voice in the center of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not damage the oil and the wine. When the lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come. I looked, and behold, an ashen horse, and he who sat on it had the name Death, and Hades was following with him. Authority was given to him over a fourth of the earth, to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence and by the wild beasts of the earth. When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God, and because of the testimony which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And there was given to each of them a white robe and they were told that they would rest for a little while longer, until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed, even as they had been, would be completed also. I looked, and he broke the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair, and the whole moon became like blood. And the stars of the sky fell to the earth, as a fig tree casts its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind. The sky was split apart, like a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Then the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the commanders, and the rich, and the strong, and every slave and free man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to stand? After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth 
so that no wind would blow on the earth or on the sea or on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the bondservants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. From the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. From the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. From the tribe of Gad, 12,000. From the tribe of Asher, 12,000. From the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000. From the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. From the tribe of Simeon, 12,000. From the tribe of Levi, 12,000. From the tribe of Issachar, 12,000. From the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000. From the tribe of Joseph, 12,000. From the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count, from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, and palm branches were in their hands. And they cry out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, These who are clothed in the white robes, who are they, and where have they come from? I said to him, My Lord, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, and they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tabernacle over them. They will hunger no longer, nor thirst any more, nor will the sun beat down on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and will guide them to springs of the water of life and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. When the Lamb broke the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel came and stood at the altar, holding a golden censer, and much incense was given to him so that he might add it to the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar which was before the throne. 
and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up before God out of the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and threw it to the earth. And there followed peals of thunder and sounds and flashes of lightning and an earthquake. And the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound them. The first sounded, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and they were thrown to the earth, and a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. The second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood, and a third of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of waters. The name of the star is called Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the waters because they were made bitter. The fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun and a third of the moon and a third of the stars were struck, so that a third of them would be darkened, and the day would not shine for a third of it, and the night in the same way. Then I looked, and I heard an eagle flying in mid-heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth, because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star from heaven which had fallen to the earth, and the key of the bottomless pit was given to him. He opened the bottomless pit, and smoke went up out of the pit, like the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke came locusts upon the earth, and power was given them, as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were told not to hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, nor any tree, but only the men who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not permitted to kill anyone, but to torment for five months. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man. And in those days men will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, and death flees from them. The appearance of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle, and on their heads appeared to be crowns like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like the hair of women, and their teeth were like the teeth of lions. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sounds of their wings was like the sounds of chariots, of many horses rushing to battle. They have tails like scorpions and stings, 
and in their tails is their power to hurt men for five months. They have as king over them the angel of the abyss. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in the Greek he has the name Apollyon. The first woe is past. Behold, two woes are still coming after these things. Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, one saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. And the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released so that they would kill a third of mankind. The number of the armies of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And this is how I saw in the vision the horses and those who sat on them. The riders had breastplates the color of fire and of hyacinth and of brimstone. And the heads of the horses are like the heads of lions. And out of their mouths proceed fire and smoke and brimstone. A third of mankind was killed by these three plagues, by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which proceeded out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents and have heads, and with them they do harm. The rest of mankind, who were not killed by these plagues, did not repent of the works of their hands so as not to worship demons, and the idols of gold, and of silver, and of brass, and of stone, and of wood, which can neither see, nor hear, nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their immorality, nor of their thefts. Things are not looking good for the earth. Things are going to get really bad. If you think things are bad now, things are going to get much worse, even before the end really comes. But even when the end does come, I mean, look how terrible it is. I am glad that we're not going to be here to deal with this. Praise God for that. Chapter 5 is such a beautiful chapter. And I know that there's a song that was written about that a couple years ago, about Jesus being worthy to open the book the one that has been sealed for all eternity. This is what's often called the Book of Redemption, and this contains the story of man's fall through sin and his rise through Christ. And so this is what he is opening, because he is the only one who can, right? He is the only one who has earned the right to open the book. And so there's no reason to cry. There's no reason to feel hopeless because the Lord Jesus has conquered everything. That is why he is called here in verse 5, the Lion of Judah, the Root of David. And he has overcome, so he can open the book. So he is sovereign, and he is our Savior. And there is a new song that was sung about him. We see that here in verse 9. The Lamb of God 
now worthy to open the book, because he had died to pay our ransom, has positioned us in the present as a kingdom and priests before God. Did you see that? We are now, in verse 10, a kingdom of priests. We are representatives of God, and we will reign upon the earth. How interesting that is. We are going to have some sort of leadership and authority on the earth in the final days. And how appropriate it is for myriads of myriads of angels. I mean, that's countless angels. And then in verse 13, all of creation, every single creature ever made, every inanimate object, everything is going to sing God's praise. All of creation joins in praising God and the Lamb. That is an overwhelmingly beautiful experience, isn't it? We get to take part in that, and that is something so special. Then we begin opening the seven seals. So let me see if I can encapsulate a little bit of what's going on here in chapter 6. Again, I'm not an expert, but I'm going to tell you what I do know. So the first seal seems to be a cold war of sorts, where nothing really happened, but something is about to happen. So it's almost like poising something to take place, where there's wars and rumors of wars, and then conquering is going to begin shortly thereafter. And that's what we see in the second seal. We see war come out. We see open war, open combat. Good, because it says that, all men would start to slay one another, and a great sword was given to him. That is symbolic of war beginning to spread. And then we have the third seal, which appears to be famine, because it talks about the denarius. The denarius being the Roman coin, which was equivalent to a day's wage for a person. It had the purchasing power back then of about 10 quarts of wheat or 30 quarts of barley. But here it mentions one quart of wheat and three quarts of barley, which is a daily ration for a soldier. Therefore, a daily wage will buy food for only one person who will have to share with his family. So that just shows you a diminished amount of resources with the now currently lacking purchasing power of the denarius. So it goes from being able to buy 10 times as much to being able to only buy what you need for the one day. So food's going to get scarce. It's going to be a problem with famine across the whole world. The fourth seal is death. I think that's pretty obvious because it even says it right here. He was on an ashen horse, and he who sat on it had the name Death, and Hades was following after him. And then it says a fourth of the earth was given to him to kill. So a quarter of the world's population is going to die in this single judgment. Yikes. The fifth seal appears to be martyrdom, because it talks about these souls that are crying out to the Lord saying, How long will you wait until you avenge us, Lord? Because these are people, it says, that were slain because of the word of God because of the testimony which they had maintained. 
So these are the ones that died in martyrdom. These are the ones that died for their faith. And the Lord has something special for them. They were given a white robe to show how clean and pure they were, right? And they were told that they should rest a little while longer. Or in other words, to wait. The time will come. It's difficult for these martyrs, apparently, to understand why God would allow their murderers to live. But yet, God is asking these saints to trust him. And that's fitting, isn't it? Because they maintained his cause on earth, and he, they can continue a little while longer to maintain that cause. And then the sixth seal seems to be undoing all of creation. I mean, there's earthquakes, the sun is blackened, and the moon becomes like blood, which seems to be like an eclipse of sorts. The sky fell to the earth, maybe meteors. The sky was split open like a scroll and was rolled up. Every mountain and island were moved out of their places. It's beyond my understanding what this is, but it is going to be catastrophic, like nothing we've ever seen. And apparently, people are going to try and hide underground and try to escape the Lord's judgment by hiding underground. But that's not going to work. Chapter 7 is referring to the 144,000. Now, these 144,000 are Jews. Why do I know that? Because it says here that they are from every tribe of the sons of Israel. Or are they? Did you notice there was a couple of them missing? We have Judah, we have Reuben, we have Gad, we have Asher, we have Naphtali, we have Manasseh, Simeon, Levi, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, Benjamin. There's a couple missing here. If you recall, when they allotted the land and divided it by inheritance, the tribe of Levi didn't get any land. So instead, what they did was the tribe of Joseph was split into two. It was the tribe of Manasseh and the tribe of Ephraim. And so they made up for Levi not getting a land allotment. I don't see Ephraim listed here. And I also don't see Dan listed here. Why those particular two? Well, I don't really know. But my best guess is that the tribe of Dan and the tribe of Ephraim were the worst when it comes to being sinful, and especially with idolatry. Because there's many times throughout the Old Testament that we saw the tribe of Ephraim and the tribe of Dan doing a lot of disgusting things. And so most likely they were omitted because they were guilty of such gross idolatry that they did not deserve an inheritance. They did not deserve to be mentioned here. So perhaps that's why, but I don't really know for sure. But that would make sense, at least. Because I remember, like, in Leviticus and Judges and First Kings, First Chronicles, there was a lot of places where they were doing really bad stuff. So it wouldn't surprise me. Then we see, beginning in verse 9, we see all the Gentiles coming together. The multitude of Gentiles that are coming to worship before the Lord. However... This is not just your normal group of Gentiles. It specifically says that an elder mentions in verse 14 that these are Gentiles who are going to come out of the Great Tribulation. 
So these are people that are going to be saved during the tribulation. This is not the same thing as us, because we're not in the tribulation. If things go as I think they're going to go, then we will be raptured before the tribulation starts. But that's one of those things where we can debate, because not everybody agrees as to when the tribulation will take place. My personal belief is that we will be raptured before the tribulation, and then there will be people who will be saved during the tribulation, and those will be the final Christians that will be redeemed before the world ends. And if they are redeemed during the tribulation, they have a special thing coming for them, as we can see here. And then it says in chapter 8 that the seventh seal was broken, and there was silence in heaven for just a moment. And then they prepared the next set of judgment which is the angels with the trumpets, the seven trumpets. The first trumpet sounded, and the world itself was devastated by all sorts of disasters here. Hail and fire mixed with blood? I don't even know what that is. A third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees, all the green grass was burned up, all the vegetation. That's pretty crazy. The second trumpet is going to smite the sea because it says a third of the sea will become blood and a third of the creatures will die. Then the third trumpet will happen and the waters themselves will be smitten with a, some sort of star. It says a star will fall from heaven and it will cause fresh water to be undrinkable. And it has a particular name. Its name is Wormwood. Why is it called that? I don't really know. But wormwood is not a new thing. We've seen it before. And it is a bitter-tasting plant that is in the area of Palestine where the Jewish people are. It's not poisonous, but anything that you use it with just makes it bitter. And so perhaps it's some sort of symbolism in that way. Then there will be the fourth trumpet, which will smite the sky. And there will even be an eagle. I don't know if that's real or not, or if it's symbolic, but an eagle will fly and will pronounce a woe against the, the world. Basically, what the eagle is saying is, you think this is bad right now. It's just about to get a lot worse. There are three more angels who are about to sound, and woe to those who are still around at this point for what's going to happen next. Then the fifth trumpet will sound, and... Men will be smitten at this point. The bottomless pit will be opened. This is very interesting. This is the shaft of the abyss. And so this is indicating, because this isn't the only place we see this, but this seems to be the home of the demons. This is their abode. And they're characterized here as locusts. These locusts are demons, or they are of demonic nature. And they will come out of the abyss, and there will be so many of them. They will be like a swarm across the world. And the way they're described is just disgusting. And then the sixth trumpet will sound, and it says to release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So I don't think they're just angels, though. I think these are demons. Because don't forget that demons used to be angels. So I think these are special, powerful angels, or rather demons, that will be released in order to kill 
a third of mankind. So you're adding the fourth that were already killed, and then another third. And so you're looking at almost half of the planet at this point that has been destroyed. Not even the ones included that are killed by war, by famine, or disease, or any of this other stuff. So plenty of people have died at this point. Now, it says that the armies, I'm not sure if this is talking about demons or if this is talking about humans, but it says that the armies are going to be 200 million. This has to be some sort of supernatural cavalry, if you ask me. And the way they're described is very specific. So if we start seeing something like this appear in history, then that might be a sign for us. But what's really sad is despite all of that, the ones who survived it up to this point are not going to repent. And that is the most sad thing of all. We see that at the end of chapter 9. They are not going to repent. They are going to maintain their cause and continue in their sin. And it's so sad. They're going to continue to worship demons. They're going to continue their magic arts. They're going to continue their idolatry, their immorality. And they're not going to repent. And so there is nothing good waiting for them. And if you think things are bad now, this is only the tip of the iceberg, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to get much worse than this. And with that, this is a good place to stop for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.